So 561 Music now has a hotline. You can call us anytime at 561-203-9122 and ask us any questions you like, um, you know, some humorous ones or something about um, the guests we've had on the show or questions about gear or questions about the festival or anything you like. Um, it's, of course, 561 203 9122. We would love to hear from you. Um, we did a pretty fun little message, so you get to hear that too. Um, even if you just call up to listen to me and Hector trying to do a good phone message, that's a good enough reason. But yeah, we'd love to hear from you, so uh, please get in touch. Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. It's nice to see you, Hector. Is it, though? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, no, no it genuinely is. Um, so this weekend, what did we do? We went to Maxi's lineup. We did. That was cool. I've never been there before. Yeah. It's one of those places, um, one of those Jupiter places that, I don't know, the food is great, and it always, it just has a good kind of reputation yeah. for for music and even though even though you're just playing right there on the restaurant yeah. floor they do it properly they have um thingy from um spread the dub uh marcus from marcus, spread the yeah. dub who does the sound over there yeah did a great job yeah no i mean the mix was good it sounded good um but, you know people it was funny like people were enjoying it and then the crowd thinned out a little bit and all of a sudden there was like 20 people that walked in like three songs before the end so yeah exactly oh, yeah weird. it kind of picked up a little bit at the yeah. end there it was a bit yeah. i think it's partly to do with the seasons like dying away but you know yeah. and also we we never play there so it's like our usual people yeah. a lot of yeah. them didn't come out no it's a cool place and I, I like that it was like i mean for us it was right down the road for a change we weren't yeah. tre- trekking up to like melbourne or stewart or wherever the hell else we usually go yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and then we played at the square grouper which is a uh, pretty standard thing for us to do and then we didn't play on saturday night and i did not know what to do with myself you know it's funny because kelly actually came to me at one point and she's like talking about something she was doing saturday night and i'm like oh oh you got plans and she's like aren't you playing and I'm like, no i'm not and she she seemed perplexed by the fact yeah, that i yeah. wasn't playing and <laughs> so i i did the same thing i didn't know what to do with myself i think yeah. i watched a little bit of tv maybe yeah, i went yeah, to bed yeah. early then I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's become a bit of a ritual to play every Saturday yeah. night. It was pretty weird to not be doing it. But then awkwardly, we played on Sunday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> At Luna Fest. And big up Luna. You did a great job. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for having us. And, um, yeah, we got some good stuff out of that, some great pitches. And, you know, there was that little video of us playing the Trampled by Turtles tune. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone was so nice there. And I think that when we play at the Kilted Mermaid, this coming friday we're gonna have some new fans showing up i think so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah a bunch of people said they were gonna show up it's always you know it's funny whenever we play a show like that um it, it's a you know multi-genre show um it's always awkward because like like this time you know perfect example we played after this like you know pretty hardcore punk band yeah and and they were amazing yeah, Gunna Gill. I, I we show up, Yeah, but then we show up with, you know, an acoustic guitar and a banjo and an upright bass, and it just felt it felt weird to follow these guys. But people loved it, man. Yeah, people, t- I think it was refreshing for them. It was like something different. You That's know? what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, they'd been there all day, and there was punk band after punk band. To yeah. be honest with you, I think it was a bit of a relief. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone, yeah, they're all dancing around like maniacs, aren't yeah. they? 
cool, man. You know, I think sometimes, I think a lot of people pretend to like punk, but don't really. <laughs> no, no, I think there's a word for that, isn't there? I like uh, I Poses. Yeah, well, there's that. There's that. There's that. Uh, and then uh, we're doing our uh, socials and everything really quick at the beginning now, right? Yes. All right, so let's do that. Uh, follow us on uh, on all the socials at 561 Music Podcast. Um, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. The, the more people we have on that stuff, uh, the better it gets into the algorithms and the longer we get to do this. Exactly. So, yeah. So it's all good. Absolutely. Make us famous, people. Like and subscribe. <laughs> I think the world needs um, an irritating British musician, his uh, Cuban friend, his to cu- be famous. His cu- Cuban sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> there has got to be a superhero in there somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take it easy, okay? <laughs> So we have um, a moment of violence with us today. We've got Des Scott and Womp with us. How's it going, guys? Excellent, man. Appreciate you guys for having us here, man. Yeah. How'd, you, how'd you know his name was Womp? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure how I knew Says that. It on his shirt. I like that. I like that. <laughs> it makes things easier. Yeah. That's for sure. It, it helped me learn, know how to spell it. Because if, if you were just like, yeah, my name's Womp, I wouldn't have known. It could have been anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, why I wear the shirt. So, yeah, yeah. so, so name tags going forward, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably a good idea. Absolutely. How did you, um, let's start with that. How did you end up being called Womp? Oh, boy. Above. 14 years old, I was in a skateboard accident, flat on my face, going downhill about this steep. <laughs> right. And then I was in the hospital, and my buddy, when I woke up, my buddy was there. He goes, you didn't even put your hands out to block the, your fall. You just went, <laughs> Sure enough, after that, uh, that's been my nickname ever since I was 14 years old. <laughs> you know, I kind of thought it might be something like that. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad it was. <laughs> that's awesome. It's such a great I was kind of hoping it was like a stage dive story where you jumped off and like it crowd parted and you just went face down. <laughs> well, that's another story. But, uh, <laughs> like Jack Black in School of Rock there in the opening go. scene. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. So we like to start this off by um, finding out a little bit about the musical history in terms of... Um, you know, how did you find yourself getting into it? And, you know, were your parents supportive, all that kind of thing? Um, why don't we start off with Des? How did you find yourself playing music, Des? Uh, so as far as my parents being supportive, for sure, 100%. Um, my dad's a musician. My sisters yeah. are twins, and they're musicians, too. Um, awesome. So uh, I guess my father just kind of took me as his prodigy child and just wanted to teach me. He started teaching me drums first, Um Never really got any good at it, but ultimately, I believe I was in like early junior high school, and I saw a friend of mine playing the guitar, and then I really just took a huge love for that. And uh, and back then, you know, the the uh, you know, and again, I'm probably dating myself a little bit, but uh, back then, tablature sheet music was really popular. You know, you didn't yeah. Yeah. Uh, have the ability to just you know search it on your phone and, and have the notes there, but. Uh, so you had to buy the physical book. Yeah. And um, Hal Leonard was one of the companies that used to make a lot of them. So I was really big into Megadeth back in the day. Yeah. You know, from my day, it was like uh, either you were a Metallica guy or you were a Megadeth guy. So. Sure. <laughs> and you had a lot more Metallica guys. But I, I was definitely one of the Megadeth guys. I just loved the way those two guitar players, Marty Friedman and Dave Mustaine, played. Yeah. Uh, so I just tried to learn, you know, that cover to cover pretty much on the Rust in Peace album and uh, yeah, the one right after it, I believe it was what Countdown Countdown to Extinction yeah 
All right, so that's it. I mean, I tried to learn as much of it as I possibly could, and I would go back to it. And then, if, um, you know, at first the lead was too technical or too hard for me to play. I would try to learn as much of it as I could, but I just kept revisiting it, revisiting it. And before you know it, I became a self-taught guitar player and really oh, just okay. started shredding. So that's, nice. that's how it went. It is a lot. It, they're very different in guitar styles, those two bands. It's a lot more fluid, you know, like I, yeah. I, I find the Metallica. Like Met, Metallica at times could be a little bit sort of lumpen, you know, like the, so, sure. the, the solos are definitely not as good at all. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as, in my opinion, as far as the the level of play between the two bands, Megadeth, you know, doubles them over big time. Yeah, 100%. exactly. You know yeah, know yeah. I mean? so. No, I, because I, I hadn't, I mean, I'd listened to them and and I liked them, but I didn't know like a lot about them until I started teaching guitar. And since then, I've you know I've been analysing it, like you know going through the tabs and everything, sure. like you have, and yeah. you know I've, I've I've gained a huge respect for Megadeth. And, yeah, you know, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, uh, I think Dave Mustaine writes some of the coolest riffs I've ever heard. You know, so yeah. you know, with that said, you know, I developed a lot of my own style branched off of that but you know that was really like my roots that's really what got me going all together yeah. in the very beginning you know so yeah sick that's awesome what about you scott how did you find yourself playing music well i grew up you know listening to like black sabbath judas priest iron maiden i got two parents that are younger you know in like 1987 like when master of puppets came out they were in high school they were seniors right so they're pretty young and always played that type of music for me um my dad was a drummer and like cover bands and stuff like that and we never really had a drum set around the house till we moved up to my place in Carmel, New York when I was seven. Yeah. A couple of years later, my dad, you know, found some of his drums that he had stored away somewhere. It was all mismatched, different toms, different cymbals, this and that. But I got going with that. And then a couple of years later, they bought me my first Tama Swing Star, I believe it was. Right. Yeah. And I started practicing on that for a little bit. And then finally, my dad got me a double bass pedal and like I was in heaven. Yeah, and sick. I started listening to a lot of like Lamb of God. Yeah. And honestly, Lamb of God and Black Sabbath, I would say, are my two biggest influences that got me going. Um, when I was about 16, I started my first band. Nice. Um, and then I was in two bands at that point, both metal in my hometown. Um, Where's your hometown? What's that? Where's your hometown? Uh, Carmel, New York. Oh, that's right. It's in the Hudson Valley yeah, okay. of New York. Um, yeah, so we had a really great music scene where I'm from. We would book our own shows. We had like between eight and ten bands in my music scene. And Sick. we just had everybody partying together, and there was at least, like, one show every month. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, and then I moved down here. I met Dez playing softball together. Yeah. Bought my first drum kit out here, and then from there took off. Nice. Yes. So, um, Womp, how long have you been playing music? You was doing it your whole life? Uh, as long as I can remember. <laughs> was, was, it, really was it always bass? Yeah, it was yeah. always bass because the thing is everywhere – I looked, there was a million guitar players. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know what he was a playing? A ton bass. of guitar players. And you, you get a lot of bass players who were guitar players, but they were voted to play bass yeah. or something like that. And that wasn't me. Right. I started playing bass. My, uh, my Uncle Joe, ever since I was a little kid, to this day, he's 70 some years old, he still writes and records yeah. music. Yeah, cool. So um, he, he was kind of my main influence getting into music. But Did uh, he have lessons? No. Right. Well, Never had a lesson in my life. Have any of you guys had lessons over the years? I've taken maybe one or two lessons in my life, but I'm, I self-proclaim that I'm a self-taught, you know, yeah, yeah. guitar player. 100%. I went on like drumio and done a couple like rudiment exercises, stuff like that, oh, but yeah. never really like paid for lessons and had, a, you know, like a master teach me anything. Yeah, yeah you know, it can be done. I, I think that 
It's a bit of a shortcut if you have a... You know what? A teacher is like a cheerleader. helps you practice if you don't have the motiva- motivation. Mm-hmm. And also, like, um, it, it can get you certain places quicker because they can just show you, you know, real sure. quick. Sure. But I think it's, you know, it, it's... It, you don't need one, you know. Yeah. It's good for making you so you don't develop bad habits. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah I mean, because yeah. bad habits yeah. are hard yeah. to unteach once you, you yeah. have them. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I learned, you know, I'm in grade school and all that stuff. I took I took uh, saxophone lessons. I was in band and all that stuff. But I, I, you know, bass. I learned same, you know, self taught, etc. And, um, you know, same thing. I mean, I learned a lot of. You know, I learned how to play bass on my own, and then eventually the internet comes around, YouTube comes around. I'm watching these like, oh, I want to get a little bit better. Let me watch some lessons. And then I was like, ooh, I'm doing that all wrong. Let me not watch these lessons anymore. <laughs> I have so many bad habits, but yeah, it is sure. what it is. <laughs> for sure. I, I can almost guarantee that if I went into an actual teacher that they're going to tell me that I hold the pick wrong. They're going to make adjustments. And I've actually tried to attempt to hold the pick the right way, and it's just it's but here's completely the thing. sloppy. Is it wrong? <laughs> Is it wrong? I mean, it's okay. It's the way they want you to do it, and it's the way they teach it, or whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, if it works for you, right. it's not wrong. Per right. se. How do you hold a pick? I mean, I hold a pick. I'm really curious. <laughs> He's gonna be like, that's <laughs> 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 not. I just, so you just don't. You just don't have the other. Fig- I mean, it's not like a million. And the problem oh, is, is that my, the bottom. my pinky yeah. ends up. I guess as a handicap, sometimes holds on to that bottom string, that, right. that high string. So, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, but, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I hold it like that, right? Like that, but but I still do sometimes get the old pink, you know, right? Just for like, just so I know where I am at. Right, you know? right, yeah, for yeah. sure. So I do that too. But that goes back to Scott's point. You develop some bad habits and stuff like that. That would be extremely difficult yeah. to get rid of those bad habits. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Time, you know and I, mean? I taught so. myself how to play guitar first, and ended up having lessons. And I taught myself how to play E and A backwards. So I still sometimes play them, but even after all these years, yeah. decades. I, as, you know? as a bass player, I hold my pick in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah which is like in today's day and age, it's tough to find bass players that play with their fingers because everyone's used to. Oh no, like I play, said, you know, I play. Um, in fact, the the other band that I'm in, Euphobia, we're doing an album now, and and uh, I think out of like ten songs, I think there's one that I use a pick because I need like a, a bright pop or something. Yeah, but yeah. Everything else I play. And I bet I, that wasn't your decision. <laughs> no, that was definitely not my decision. Yeah, yeah. but um, oh yeah, everything else I play. I just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't like playing on the pick. Sure. Yeah. No, <laughs> I guess you're closer to the instrument. I yeah. spent years and years, probably wasn't until I was in my early 20s when I when I kind of stopped trying to play electric guitar with my fingers even. You know, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I sort of, yeah, I just played it with my fingers. And I got pretty good at it, like kind of bluesy, you know. Yeah, for But sure. then when I started getting more technical and wanting to play hard rock and metal, I was like, all right, you just got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a pick. You got, you got to bite the bullet. Yeah, exactly. At that point, yeah, for sure. Totally. So, um, yeah, how, how long has the band been together? So, uh, again, Scott and I met each other um, just by by chance. We were both on the softball team. Um, we kind of formed in what, like 2021? It was July 2021 is when we first started jamming. Yeah, so we first started jamming. Uh, we wrote a couple songs together, and then we were trying to find, you know, the other members and the other pieces of the puzzle. Um, we went through probably, what, four or five bass players, six vocalists. That's a lot. You find that many bass players. You know, again, we're not from Florida. We're yeah. not from South Florida area, so... And still at that point, we were relatively new. Like, I've only been here for five years now. Right. You know, so we had to rely on social media and, and stuff like that. I've been here that. for two. 
<laughs> yeah. It's wild to, yeah. to find, you know, everybody and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and you'd be surprised. You, you find some, some solid musicians on some of these musician yeah. pages or groups or whatever on Facebook and whatnot. Um, so, again, we went through a bunch of bass players. Um, you know, we got Womp really just joined the band about three months ago, yeah. maybe four months Something ago. Like right. Um, we didn't find Alex, our vocalist, until about two months prior to that so he's been with us since the beginning of the year maybe slightly into last year yeah and then we had a hell of a time finding the guitar player and we were you know believe it or not like you just said before like guitar players are typically a dime a dozen you know that that's like the most populated uh, yeah. instrument to play could not find another guitar player interesting and then uh my neighbor across the street ended up um he was a guitar player. His wife heard us play, and she's like, uh, did you know that Brent plays guitar, too? I'm like, no, I did not know that. Had him come <laughs> over, and he was a perfect fit. Oh, God, that's awesome. That was right, he was like right a across, across the street. He's like a church acoustic guitar player, too, that played, like, blues and sang, and then, like, he literally turned him into a metal guitar player, and he's now Brent, a.k.a. the metal cowboy. <laughs> that is the coolest yeah, thing ever. Yeah. He sang the bl- He played the blues in church? Not blues in the church, but... No, but <laughs> that's what it sounded like when he said that. I mean, you know. Yeah. I get the blues in church sometimes. <laughs> no, that's great. Six going, six singers is a lot. But, yeah. I, yeah, I, you know, it, it just is testament to the fact that you're making sure you get it right. Yeah. 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 I mean, like he said, you know, you get somebody to come in, you're really rooting for them, and you hope that they're the one, but after, you know, a month worth of practices, everybody just is You like, ignore some red flags... Thinking yeah. that this is going to be the one, but then right, it really hits right. you like you know what this really isn't going to work out. We got to keep looking. Yeah, we had attention. like all walks and we, of life yeah, too. we had to fire all of them, and it's never fun. But yeah, thank I'm God sure we you got, got through a, a fair, fair amount of like narcissistic alcoholics in with this. Oh, for sure, <laughs> it's called it's hard. It's hard to find like somebody who's such a team player that works hard and is there every time. No drama, no diva bullshit. Yeah, and it's yeah. Great. yeah, we say it all the time though. I, you know, it's 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 super important to find people that have the level the the level of of, uh, of musicianship that yeah. you need for your band but it's almost more important to find people that you gel with that you can be friends yeah. with yeah. outside of the yeah. band yeah. Um, people that you respect that you have a good time with you know and stuff like that I mean you know you get somebody that's a complete ball ache and you don't even want to be around them yeah, much, much sure. less yeah. right music exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. and then you have to you know if you start going on tour, you got to go on tour with these people. Yeah. You know I mean, you're living with these people every day. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, sure. you know, then you go to a gun shop and because you, you want to blow away the singer or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, Alex. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that took a turn. <laughs> I don't know this guy, by the way. <laughs> Sponsored by Smith & Wesson. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm... I'm, yeah, but that's one of the recurring themes on on this podcast. Is it's almost like you can teach someone to play an instrument, but it's pretty hard to teach someone to like not be a dick. You can't teach personality. You have right. to have it. Yeah. Absolutely, and you can't fix stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. You know what it is? Is like as the the leader of the band and stuff like that. It's just really all about like managing personalities, right? Nobody's yeah. gonna, nobody's perfect. Everyone's going to have some quirky fucking thing about them or whatever yeah, but yeah. you know it's just it's got to be tolerable and they got to be able to play their their instrument very well and yeah. as a team you got to gel together in order to to yeah. get to that big big prize that you're looking for at the end you know what i mean so yeah absolutely that's i mean the, you, you get a lot of bands where they say we're a completely democratic band that never works 
Yeah. A band has to have a de facto leader. That's this guy right here. Yeah. I mean, he takes our suggestions and says, hey, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that, something like that. And he, you know, he, he, he says I'm a hard ass, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the way it works. No, but he's with, right, though. You do need that. Yes. I agree. Absolutely. The way it works with us is I'm the leader with stuff. These guys don't want to do, and they're the leaders with the stuff they do want to do. <laughs> we kind of share the mantle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, it just sort of depends. Actually, it depends on the situation. If it's um, I, what I found is like creatively, creatively, it's more or less a democracy. But I, I've, I historically have been bringing more to the table in that area. Um, and then um, when it comes to Booking the tours and the merch, Hector does a lot of that. He does right. he does basically all of that. Um, and then um, and then James is James is pretty hands off in terms of sort of like leading the thing, but but he de- you know if something isn't going like the way he wants it to go. It'll He'll be going you know. the way he wants it to go pretty soon. We got a weird system going on. It's rough. It's not, I, I don't know. But it, it works for us. Yeah, so it's, it's it. roughly a democracy it depending on what, it, it just depending on what's going on. So a different person's the leader depending on the situation, you know. Right. And um, I'd say that, you know, out of the, I, I'm, I'm the person who's been in the band the longest. So quite often, there's things that I'll know that will be right, you know. So in that respect, I will be just things that work, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And that's sure. really that's really more, you know more about that's how it works with us, I guess. I'd never really thought about it actually until right now. But yeah, um, I'm gonna be uh, the leader from now on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you need to get you your, I'm first. Be, I'm gonna be a dictator now. You get your crown made. That's right. The king. Yeah. The king. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, the other, um, the next thing I want to ask you is, do you have a writing process? Yeah, uh, he writes. Done. Yeah, <laughs> I write it. No. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, pretty much all the material is stuff that I've written previously, and then you know, at first I would introduce it to Scott, and Scott would be like, "All right, cool," you know. And um, again, I'm a recording engineer, so like, what I'll do is kind of like just write the song. Uh, via MIDI drums and stuff like that. Play the guitars to it. Not really going to a super full-blown production, but I'll actually put out like a template and I'll send it to the guys. And you know, these guys will give me their suggestions on it. Hey, man, I like this, but maybe you can do something cool or here or whatever it might be. Or I love it as it is. Or, um, but yeah. So a lot of the stuff is some riffs that I've had for a very long time. Right. Uh, things that you know. Um, just uh, you know, obviously, I come up with new stuff too. But at the end of the day, with the, you got the, like a dearth of material just back there. The, 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 yeah, the yeah. process, it, it's all up here, really. To right. be honest with you, but um, I could I could say firmly right now, I probably have about twenty songs in the arsenal right now, other than what's out there for us already. Um, but with, with that said, you know, uh, the process really is just I'll I'll write the drum beat for it. Um, you know, if it's something crazy that, you know, so sometimes I'll send something to him and he's like, like, are you trying to fucking kill me, bro? Like, right. you know, he, right. he usually writes the drums like initially and then I'll go at, I'll go at it and then I'll fix them to the way I'm going to play it. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I'll have you, to, can uh, you play the drums a little bit? 
I mean, a, a tad. I'm, yeah, I'm, I've never I'm seen like, him try. I'm a better <laughs> I guess the, drummer. The, the, the reason I ask is that so. the reason I ask is because sometimes when if you if you if you haven't spent much time behind a drum kit, you'll play things that you just can't play on the drums. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah I mean? for sure. It's like impossible to play on. The yeah. Drums. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I actually have somewhat of knowledge of what like makes sense and what's not going to make sense. Like I know that you can't hit two toms in a cymbal at the same time because you've right, right. got two hands. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll put something together, generally speaking, send it to the guys, and then uh, Alex and I will go back into the studio You know, over the course of time, um, and we'll just like fine-tune it to the way that we want it to be. We'll write the words to it, and then we'll do a full-on production of it, and then that's the song going forward after that part. Oh, yeah? Are, you, are cool. you writing lyrics and everything, too? Or? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, me, me and Alex, uh, it's a pretty... It's, <clears throat> I would say at this point it's probably like a 70-30 uh, split between the two of us as far right. as the lyric writing goes and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we will definitely sit in there and bounce ideas off of one another until yeah. it comes out exactly the way that we want it to be. That's you know I mean? nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. When it comes to um, – I don't usually ask people this, but you guys – I'm c- curious um, with you guys. Uh, when it comes to sort of taking credit for the – the the songs and stuff like that um do you guys go song by song and figure out who wrote what or is it like an equal split or is it, it is a five-way equal split that's right i love that that's what yeah. that's what we do as well 100 yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, you know. that's what we do but yeah. has songs that he's completely written yeah. and then you know years ago before i even met him and then you know when he introduces it while we're playing he's like Oh, uh, this is a song that we wrote, you know, yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. I'm like, I don't even know you 10 years ago, but okay. Because <laughs> yeah. okay, without the collective band at the end of the day, there is no yeah. production. There is that, no, that's, yeah. how, that's how yeah. bands break apart. You exactly, know I mean? so, exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, put it there. I've got 100%. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. yeah. yeah. No, nah, we're 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 in it to to win it together as a team, and uh, you know the team's going to split the reward yeah. uh, yep. equally. You know, well, what I'll, I mean? I'll tell yeah. you, I. Uh, um, I'm not normally a fan of really heavy music. I, I'm just, I'm not. I mean, like some punk rock maybe, and, mm-hmm. and even that I, I would call it more like pop punk than anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not a fan of heavy music. I'm not into Megadeth, mm-hmm. Metallica. I can only take small doses of. I mean, like I'm right. just not into it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Listen to all your, you know, listen to your stuff that you guys sent over, your Spotify, all that stuff um, mm-hmm. before the show. Dude, I love your stuff. Like it has, like it's, it's hard. But it's melodic. melodic at this point. Yeah, it's melodic. Yeah. And yes, it has you know the 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 heavy you know the screamo breakdowns stuff and, you know, and stuff, whatever yeah. you want to call it. You know, but but it's melodic. Like right. like it's not just heavy for the sake of right. heavy. Right. You know, yeah, I, I it really sounds great, it, man. And that's because my writing style is like uh, you know again I listen to bands like Iron Maiden growing yeah. up. You know, with big guitar harmonies and stuff like that. And all that is just transitioned into because if you really break down what I'm doing as far as when I'm writing, like you'd be like, well, you know, if you put a different drum beat to it, maybe it sounds like an old school metal thrash song or something like that at the end of the day. But I'm always one to make my choruses big. I want it to be anthemic. I want harmonies back there, you know, distant sounding guitars or whatever the case is, just to really paint like this huge 3D picture of like playing this in an arena to somebody you know what yeah, I'm saying? and that's really that's the, that's the way that's my style it's my crazy brain and the way it thinks you know what I mean yeah. that's it so and one thing I will say confidently is that this is the first band that I've been in that I feel confident showing these songs to anybody too yeah you know I mean I, in other bands I played in like it was all screaming whatever too heavy but this one has the perfect blend 
of cleans and heavy. I feel. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's a, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like it's 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 heavy. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's heavy stuff. Um, but I hate man. I hate to use the word radio friendly because that's just such a stupid phrase. But <laughs> but like commercial. But commercial. I, but, but I could totally hear. I could totally hear where that I could, you know where if I heard that on the radio I wouldn't be shocked or surprised or you know whatever I like it's it just has that that right. good melodic you know just good catch quality. yeah catch it, it is catch it is. is my middle name bro it is yeah 100%. yeah <laughs> that's really that's really it no it absolutely is it's great like that and what would you describe it as uh, I mean genre-wise. I would call it new metalcore. New metal, cool. new metal, yeah, like new, new metal, metal but with the hardcore influence in there a little bit too, with the breakdowns and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know it has that that sort of um, you know, with the chord changes and stuff like that. That kind of like you know screamo type bits every now and again. Uh, um, but I guess that comes from the the melodicness and the hardcore influence. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah. Okay, new metalcore. I'll take that. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, no, I'll think sure. about it. Wicked man. So you re- um, record a lot of the stuff as well, don't you? Everything. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, have you ever? Have you guys ever been to a studio, or you just do it all yourself? Um, no, actually, we've we've done everything ourselves. I mean, obviously, when you're a new band, you're a band on a budget, right? So you know, if you yeah. can do it yourself and get like you know pretty awesome results for the most part, like yeah. again, I mean, I I, yes. I do a ton of recording myself, and you know, why wouldn't you these days? You mix yeah. the master to yourself too. Right? I, I don't master it. I always send it out to a third party yeah, master yeah. because, in my opinion. And it's always better for a different a, set of ears on yeah, it. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, and Troy Glossner has done our yeah. stuff from, uh, he think he's done August Burns Red and a couple other huge, yeah. like, Grammy winning. Yeah, yeah wicked. So, yeah. Yeah. We agree with a lot of things, but I do the same thing as well. You yeah. know, I take it all the way up to that point. And, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I'll get you the the full final mix down, and then every I'll send it to everyone. Everyone's like, "Cool, it sounds good, man. Let's go." And I'll shoot it off. To, what I have done is shot it off to Troy Glassner, let him master it back in a day or two, and and it comes back sounding amazing. I love it. You know? What yeah, I mean? so, wicked. Um, oh, yeah. Are you do, are you just doing one tune at a time? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Like right now, um, I'm working on the fourth song right now. Um, right. You know, for our fourth release. I uh, think that's the way to do it these days. Yeah. It is. Yeah, release after release. It just keeps. I don't think opinion, I know. I know it is the way to do it. Yeah, it's yeah, the for only sure. way yeah. to do it. It, these it days. keeps the engagement going. It keeps everybody. Fresh content you know? on social media. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, after a while, you can only recycle the same shit over and over again before people are like, oh, I just saw that two weeks ago. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, you know, if you got new content constantly coming out, whether it's a photo shoot, it's a new song, it's a video, or whatever the case is, that's just how to keep, uh, you know, increased visibility all over, you know, across yeah. the board, 100%, in my opinion. So. Constantly building anticipation for something. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't sure. agree more. We released an album in November, and, I mean... It was successful. We have we have our reasons for doing it like that, but I mean, it, we definitely would just release a song at a time going forward. Yeah. And actually, the thing that James, the guy, the banjo player in our band, who's not here right now, obviously, um, the thing that he always says is. Uh, the thing he says we should do right now is to make a video from one of the songs, you know, just yeah. to give one of the songs just, like another crack of the whip. He's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, it just sparks a little more life into it and it gives you mm-hmm. more content. I mean, content's yeah. the name of the game these days. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, think about it though, too, right? So, like, we released Fine, right? So, we put a lot of energy and focus behind getting that. That was the first song that we did. And, uh, you know, for. 
a brand new band that never released anything prior to that. We got a decent amount of traction, like on our Spotify streams and stuff like that. Then we did Scrape, and it went about double as fast as that, as far as doing that. And when we just released Forgiveness, that one's got over 55,000 streams that. in, yeah, a, in yeah. a month. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so, amazing. So it's just, Did you do the whole thing where you um, try and get it onto the... Uh, the playlist curator's playlist oh yeah I mean you can always pitch it to the way that I understand that it works is like before you release it as long as you give a week before the actual release date you can go on Spotify for artists and you could pitch it to their actual uh, playlist curators yeah exactly I've never gotten never gotten selected yet but again I've only it's only three songs so far yeah but if you're Pitching your songs towards actual metal metal listeners and people that are in your genre that would actually like your style of music, yeah. and not sending it to the hip hop people and the pop people and just stuff that's really <laughs> completely out of your genre, the algorithm is going to pick up that. All right, well, you belong with bands like this. Yeah. So then, after you keep doing it, like with, with uh, what with do you mean, like in terms of getting uh, playlists? You mean? Yeah. So, so I mean, obviously, when you're promoting it on social media and stuff like that, people are going to put it on the playlist, their own playlist or whatever. But right. the only way that that's ever going to show up as a playlist that you've been a part of is if more than one person actually listens to that exact playlist, right? Yeah, so, right. But when you're doing that, basically you're generating streams on those people's playlists, but they're all metal listeners and stuff like that. So it tells the algorithm of Spotify that, all right, this is a metal band and these are the type of bands that we should feature this song with. Yeah. So, And then the algorithmic playlist start yeah. to happen. So like radio, yeah. on repeat and all that stuff. Like if you look at... Uh, Radio, the channel radio on yeah. Spotify on ours, we've got like ten thousand of those streams. Wow, from that's radio. where that comes radio. from. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah, we got nowhere near those, but we got a few on the on the radio there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome. The um, one of the things we did is like pitching it to. Did you do all that stuff with like Submit Hub and all that stuff? Did you do any uh, of that? Not really. No, right. I mean, I, I, I. So it's pretty much organic, like over 50,000 of this. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and it's. I wouldn't say that they're all like uh, existing fans already that now, you know, obviously. I mean, you obviously got to put some money behind it to promote it a little bit to some extent as well because you want the biggest initial push that you can possibly yeah. get. Yeah, uh, but, you know, now this, this person shows it to this person, this person shows it to 10 people, those 10 people show it to 100 people, you know what I mean? So, like, before you know it, it just starts going. Yeah. And, and they're all individual streams, right? So, what, what do we have monthly listeners right now? Ten thousand. Ten thousand. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, also credit to him. He also sent out like probably five hundred emails to internet radio station, college radio station, this and that. Yeah. Right. And we are on what's the the Gator called in Florida? Uh, yeah, one hundred seven. The Gator. One hundred seven. The Gator. It's an internet radio station. Awesome. Shout out to them. Um, we are featured on their. Was it the top forty? We got to number four on there yeah. as most requested number four. Nice. Yeah. Um, so they have a, they have a large audience. So I'm sure a lot of it came from that. Yeah. 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 yeah that's awesome, man. Just I, networking, dude. That's yeah. it. Back yeah. and forth. It's yeah. constant yeah. with this guy, man. I give him all the credit in the world, man. Yeah. He really lives and breathes it all day. It's day. awesome that you got that many like uh, monthly listeners. I've seen some bands where, you know, they I I, I see their Spotify streams and they've got you know. 200,000 listens on their album and right. they've got like 11 monthly listeners. And yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a little suspect. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Sure. 
It's somebody in a sweatshop just pressing the button. Exactly. My finger hurt. I need to get my kids to do that for me. So, um, have you played much? Have you played many gigs down here? How do you find the Florida scene? Uh, well, uh, I don't know if we told you this, but we're from Port St. Lucie, is where uh, you know I, right, right. I live, and we kind of jam out of there. He's from down south, but you know, and, right. and again, as far as finding the members and stuff like that, people are from all over the place. But so um, Treasure Coast area up in Port St. Lucie, difficult as hell to find gigs. So just to be honest with you, it's a very high populated retirement area. Yeah, and the clubs and bars up there want uh, an acoustic duo. That's really what they're looking for. Cover so, bands, you know cover bands and stuff yeah. like that they're not looking for you know metalcore yeah is there well, like what kind of clubs up that are there up that way that you do stuff like that even uh well i mean i was able to again it's just like constantly just hammering these people like the club owners i'll, I'll find out the club you know on uh on Facebook, and I'll go there yeah. and send them the same like copy paste template message, like, "Hey, we're looking to set up a show or whatever." That place public house in Fort Pierce does gigs sometimes. I, there, don't I sent them a press kit, and I got an angry face emoji back from that from that place. <laughs> oh <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Wow. Yeah, so it's 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 just difficult because they they would rather. Have you got angry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the funniest. Kind of funny. funny. <laughs> um, have you uh, have you used uh, Indie on the Move at all? No. So IndieOnTheMove.com. Um, there's a free version of it, like a you know free membership or like whatever. A light version, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 all on the web. It's all web based, but there's like a you know like a free account I guess you can create. Right. Um, there's also one that's like which I use for when we're doing our tours and stuff. Um, I want to say it's like either ten or nineteen dollars a month or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but you literally go in there and you put in the area you want, whether it's a state or a zip code or a, whatever it is. Like when we're going on tour, I mm-hmm. use it because I can, you know. I mean, you know, we, we go up through, like, Georgia, North Carolina, and mm-hmm. Tennessee, and what do I know about all those states? Nothing. Yeah. And so I can put in there um, certain towns, certain whatever, and then I can put in what genres I like and what genres I need that match me. And it'll suggest clubs, and then each club will have um, a lot of information as far as, like, if they have, sometimes they have photos, not always, but it'll have who the booking agent is. It'll either have a phone number or an email address cool. for them, sometimes both. Um, on the move, it'll, huh? yeah, yeah, it'll yeah, have yeah. it'll have some detail information sometimes like oh they do music on you know every day of the week or they only do music on Thursdays and Fridays you know from nine right. p.m. to whatever. Right. Um, it'll tell you what kind of music they play in the you know what genres they play like it like it tells you everything. It's yeah. really useful. It's yeah. really useful. That's not yeah, that's cool. I'll have to look into it for sure. Yeah, check man. it out. I just wrote it down. So. Yeah, check it yeah. out because you can pop in there. Like I said, you can create a free account and not mm-hmm. do the pay thing if you want to just see what it's about or anything. Yeah. Um, but you know you can go in there and select South Florida if you want or whatever, and, yeah. and try to find all the rock clubs and everything in South Florida. So with that said, though, you know, like so, getting booked on the Treasure Coast has been extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, actually, the fir- the first one that we got was uh, Terra Formata and Stewart. Right. Oh, yes. And uh, you know, and we played there. Um, he-, he was looking for us to be a cover band, pretty much, and just play you know hard rock covers and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he allowed us to play our stuff. Kind of a funny story. It's like, you know, he wanted us to play for three hours, and we're like, we don't have enough material for three hours, you know, unless we're playing the same set fucking three times over, you know. Yeah. So we found another band that was like, oh, we don't even need to get paid. We just want, well, we want to play, you know. So I, I approached the owner. I said, hey, I got another band that wants to come through. He's like, all right, you know, just to, you know, so they can eat up a little bit of time. 
And they come there, and they're like this death metal. Uh, <laughs> they're a two, they were a two-piece death metal like prog they, band. What were they called? Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna blow their spot up again. I already okay. did it on another podcast. <laughs> I talk mad shit about them. I'm not gonna do that again. Um, but yeah, it was a disaster. Um, and uh, yeah, that's probably why we're not allowed to go back there anymore. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, the yeah, cops showed a... up while they were playing. Yeah. Like, oh my god! Wow. Yeah. I thought someone was getting murdered over there. Some shit. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so we found most of our success with booking gigs down this way. Yeah, propaganda right, yeah. is a great, uh, great yeah, club. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Propaganda. You know, we played, we played at respects. Piper's. No, we never got respectable street. I've hit them up with a bunch of messages. They never answered me. They'll back. They'll probably but... be hitting us up soon. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> so. But it's it's starting to grow. You yeah, know, we yeah. played up in Vero a couple of times. We played Anything in Melbourne. in Fort Lauderdale? Never in Fort Lauderdale yet. No. Nope. Yeah, Revolution is like the, the big club over there, right? Yeah, yeah and you've got like Culture that. Room is a good one, yeah, but yeah. that's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's good, you know, for supports and stuff, that's that's great. Poorhouse yeah. is a good place. Yeah, yeah, the Poorhouse. The Poorhouse is a good place. Poor it's not, that, it's yeah. not a huge place, mm-hmm. um, but they, they love rock music there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you can play whatever you want. Close enough down there. Um, would be in Pompano. That would be Piper's. Right. Oh, Piper's yeah. used to yeah. be up in you know the West Palm somewhere, but they since moved down to Pompano Beach. Does Does Piper's? Do me a favor. Move your mic towards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> is Piper's? Um, is Is Does Piper's just do cover bands though, or do they do original? They do bands? covers and they do originals they too. Do do We've originals. played there before. Okay. Um, I know every Thursday night they have an open mic jam, and that's where I met these guys. Okay. Actually. Right. Because I've played I've played Piper's before before it was where it's at now. I've played Piper's in uh, like the Green Acres yeah area Green where, Acres yeah. So I played Piper's there years ago. Um, but at the time they were just doing cover bands. I didn't realize they were doing. Yeah, I mean, if they're oh, yeah. doing original bands, it's generally going to be a national act, though. Just so you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's not like, like you that. can just walk in there and be like, "Hey, I want to set up a show." Because I've tried to talk to Greg about that. Greg's like, "Eh, my my regulars yeah. won't come through for an original show like that." You know uh, what I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. Um, there's a few places we'll talk after the show. There's a few places that are typically cover places. Yeah. But I know if you that approach, if you approach them with like a package, you approach you know, them idea, like, "Hey, you know, you know, we know a couple of bands, and we can put together a night for you, or whatever." Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can right, cool. I can come up with a couple of places that I'm would down. probably be open to that. I know what cool. you mean about the heavier stuff being difficult, though, um, because, because it comes with like a. Um a stereotype to it. They, they think that all of our yeah. fans are gonna like break their shit and yeah. you know start no, fights. Stick and up the joint. Yeah. Agreed. But like yeah. I said, your guys' stuff is like so melodic that yeah. I, I just I I, mean, I I could hear it in a bar and it wouldn't be offensive or anything. Yeah. You know? like, well, just don't about, bring I, the death metal duo that called the right. Yeah, yeah, just don't bring those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but like for death instance, you guys were talking about how you guys just played at Luna Fest, right? Yeah. We yeah. played the same same day. Okay. We played Saturday, but we played at nighttime. All right, and. Um, and uh, ultimately, it's just like we felt the same thing. We felt like you know we were the lightest band out of out of all of them there. Yeah. Even though our stuff's pretty heavy, but you know, for the bands that I saw, there was like hard ass punk, you know, yeah, hard ass deathcore metal and stuff like that. And then we play, and it was just like it's kind of. I, I feel that we sounded. That was our amazing. best show that we yeah. played. Yeah, yeah. 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 I thought the sound guy was pretty good. There. He killed it, yeah. man. He killed it. Yeah, yeah. my buddy Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. A very good friend of mine. Interestingly, he has yeah. a good it's Yeah, I, walk, I walked in, and, and Scott goes, hey, I know you. And I, I couldn't, I, like, he looked familiar. I couldn't place him. Don't you hate that? <laughs> he, I, I sold him a, a Yamaha sub, like, 
I don't know, five months ago, I happened to be selling a sub, and he drove down down to Lake Park here, and he, and he bought it from me or whatever. And that that's where I, that's where the connection was made, right? So then I walk in, and he's got these Yamaha subs, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm playing out of my own gear. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. He did a good job, though. He did a good he job. Did. He did. Yeah, he's. I felt bad for him. Nobody, nobody ever knows what to do with us. You know, I've got the the stand up bass, and it like it feeds back a lot. And everything. Nobody ever knows what to do with us, and so he he struggled a little bit. But we do a lot of our own sound for smaller shows. That's so, cool. As shit, so we turned around and told like him like, "Hey, you know, tweak this, tweak that." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And then he did that, and it, it kind of dialed it in, and he felt much better. And he was so apologetic after. And I'm like, "Nah, man, you did fine. It was fine." Ooh, and he's a good sound man too. Yeah, he is. a very good sound man. No, he absolutely is, and you could tell. He just hadn't done a lot of stand-up bass, and yeah. it's its own thing. It's stand-up bass. Not only is it its whole own thing, and you kind of have to know how to do it. Right. Secondly, they're all different. Yeah, like, they all sound different. They all also, have different like it. resonant frequencies. You know? Right. Also, I can't. I, I don't it. know how. <laughs> I don't know how you play those stand-ups. I tried one once when in my back in my drinking days. Now, I, for transparency, I've sober twenty-seven years. Yeah. But back in my drinking days. Um, we were at a bar and somebody, hey, you want to try my stand-up bass? And I was bombed out of my mind. I'm sitting there trying to play it, and all of a sudden, I just leaned forward and I fell, and I, you know, right on top of it, <laughs> just boom. And I was like, oh, oh, this is going to be expensive. Oh, you smashed it, it up. No, no, it was fine. Oh, is that what you were drinking? I'll tell you. So I, <laughs> no. The other, the other Much band, worse than that. Yeah. Yeah. The other band that I'm in, um, Euphobia, I play electric bass in that, just a regular electric bass. And, um, and uh, shout out to my Rickenbacker. <laughs> sexy bass that it is. Um, so, it is a beautiful bass. Uh, it is a beautiful bass. Um, uh, but that other band um, makes the, Lemmy look good. The, uh, so it's the gotta singer, be pretty. the singer in that band, is actually the banjo player in our band, in Killbillies. And um, so James, well, you know, we were having band practice one day, and, and right around twenty twenty pandemic time or whatever. And James, um, James said to me that their bass player was moving away, and so he's like, you know, do you want to? Do you want to give it a shot? And I'm like, I don't play a stand-up. He's like, oh, it's fine, man. Just you know, play an acoustic bass and yeah. plug it in. So I did that for a little bit. But I don't think it, I don't think that lasted more than like two months before these guys were like, you got to get a stand-up. Yeah, we were like, you're like, get a stand-up, get a stand-up. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. There's I'm, no I'm, frets I'm, on it, though, I've right? Never, right. No. And yeah. I was like, I've never played a stand-up before. And so... I bought one, ironically, from the guy that left the band. Yeah, um, I mean, he he didn't even know. No, that I that... answered like a Craigslist ad for for a stand-up base. Somebody was selling it. It turned out to be the guy that I was replacing, which was really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> really awkward. Uh, <laughs> I'm replacing you, and can I have your base? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so I bought that, and then it probably sat like another two months in in my studio, where like I would play it a little bit here and there. But I just I was so intimidated to bring it out, and Ben was like. You know how to play it. You just don't know that you know how to play it. He's like, just bring it to a show. You'll be surprised. And I mean, I, I, I screwed up a lot of stuff, but it was actually it was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, yeah. And now, fast sometimes forward, you just got to fake it till you make yeah, it. And go and now, for it, you know? fast forward, fake it till you make it. How long have I been playing that? Maybe two years. The stand up. Yeah, yeah. The stand up for about two years now. You come a serious kind of way. Kind of yeah, feel I, where the notes are. You oh, know man, where they I love are. It now. Like, like I, I mean, I. I, I can play it pretty well. Yeah. I, I do a lot of like rockabilly slapping and stuff. And yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, it's he fun, got real man. good at it. Real fast. That's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. No, but Hector's, you know, he's, he's one, one of these people. If he puts his mind to something, he usually figures it out. Clever bloke. I just don't ever put my mind in <laughs> <laughs> See, that, That's the thing. I mean, we're bass players, but I cannot handle those things. 
I've right. tried them before. I mean, I fell on top of one, but I yeah. have tried them before. Yeah, but I'm sure. I mean, if you if you had the time to deal with it and kind of practice it, I'm sure you could pick it's it up. It's funny though. Really, yeah. it's fun. It's something that it's something You're that pretty like, good regular bass player. It just <laughs> it just clicks. Like I felt like I couldn't do anything on it, and then all of a sudden one day I could play it. Like literally, it felt like somebody flipped the switch. And then I was trying like the slapping, and I couldn't get it. And I couldn't get it. And I couldn't get it. Literally at one show one day I pulled it out and it worked like I just pulled it off and now all of a sudden like I can do it on every song like it was just something that just clicked and so my latest thing now is I'm bowing it now for certain songs to like get certain sounds and stuff there you go it's pretty cool but he was saying about that and I'm like can you imagine a stand up bass in this kind of oh, <laughs> it would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, if you can well, make you it happen, they stand oh, out. No. <laughs> I'd smash. It. I play Ace of Spades on it, so I mean, we play Ace of Spades. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how? Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's one of our fastest songs, and I just yeah. By the end of the song, I'm just like, God damn it, my arm hurts. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's you know because I haven't played a four string in probably ten years. Well, and oh, the case, right, right, and the, right. and I, was, I, was, I meant to say strings. I said cables, but, but that's basically what <laughs> that's they are. Are, yeah, yeah. yeah, the the strings on a stand up bass are like power lines. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. freaking like ridiculous. Are they flat wound or are they round wound? They're, you can so, get different ones. Yeah, you get different ones. The ones oh, I really? have on there right now are flat wound and they're um, they're gut core. Like sometimes okay. you can get full, full gut. Yeah. These are yeah, gut I've core. Heard with, of them. Yeah, yeah, so um, so they're pretty stretchy and pliable yeah. and stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, you want a little bit of the stretch so you can yeah. slap them. You know, they yeah, it's awesome. like that. They have a different vibe to them when you're playing them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, next question. <laughs> 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 All right, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you at a gig? He fell. He fell on a stand-up base. Oh yeah, yeah. That was pretty yeah that's not the weirdest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't had many weird things. Uh, one thing that kind of sucked was uh, we played up in Deland for the Deland Palooza uh, festival that they had, and my fucking amp, the um, blew a tube. On yeah, the way up. Uh, beating that, mate. And thank God we had a great sound guy because the volume was like a fucking snail's pace. And this guy was able to put me through the PA and like really juice me up. And it sounded just as good as if my amp was fucking playing yeah. loud. But other yeah, than that, I haven't really had some crazy shit. I'm yeah, I mean, recently either. I've had a problem with my in-ear monitors either unplugging or the batteries died or some bullshit. Yeah. And uh, actually at that same show we were on, I think it was our second to last song, um, my cable popped out. Yeah. And all of our tracks are playing in our ears, like with the click. So oh, no. now, you know, I'm I'm the man holding down the time and the rest of the band's kinda of looking back at me like, What the fuck's going on? So luckily Alex, our singer, ran over to the computer and turned off the backing tracks and everything. So then I was able to kind of just jump right back in yeah, yeah. and we pulled off the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, you know I don't even think the audience knew. They probably like didn't. Yeah. People, people don't know. I had yeah. no idea. Always, yeah, so you can actually prepared. play them without the back. But yeah, oh, but, yeah. It, it, but it was definitely nerve wracking as fuck. But we just <laughs> played um, on Friday night last weekend. We played uh, propaganda again. So Friday propaganda, Saturday up at Lunafest. Um, what do you got on the backing tracks? I'm sorry to interrupt you. You got like no, sub drops no, and stuff like that. Yeah, sub drops, uh, synthesizers, so like anything, yeah. any pads like and stuff that. like that. Stuff to fill it out. Just, just yeah. whatever we have on our recording as far as the backing tracks that we don't play instrumentally live yeah. is is gonna fire on nice. there. And I have yes. my drum parts in my ear. I felt it's like easier for me to have the click going with my drum parts that are already oh, written, like go along to it. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. What can you remember? What so, you so uh, propaganda. Yeah, for some reason, uh, at the practice before the weekend, Alex, we were using Alex's Apple laptop for to run the backing tracks, right? But yeah. we're using my interface, right? So when we 
took the USB out of my computer and plugged it into his computer, somehow the sample rate got changed in the software. Oh, no. Right? So we couldn't figure it out on the fly. I mean, it was really just took 15 fucking seconds to fix. But yeah, at the time, yeah. the sound guys pushing when us. He's like, stressed, we, gotta, yeah. we gotta get you guys going, you know, uh, guitar right, you know, so I'm like, Alex, we just gotta play without it. So to answer your question as far as playing without the backing tracks, yeah, 100% yeah. for sure. But, you know, we like to play with the yeah. backing tracks just because it adds that depth and it adds the fullness. You in know my band Sonic sure. Boom 6 yeah. back in the day, we used to play with, with backing tracks that the drummer used to trigger from a sampler um, attached to the drums. Right. So it would, um, sometimes it'd be a really long one that we'd play along with, but, but a lot of them, you know, a lot of them he'd just trigger it and play along with it you know yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. even a click track it was like right. it was like we'd kind of it was almost like another instrument now we're playing yeah. to a click track in yeah, our ears yeah, I'll give you props yeah. for that man yeah, yeah. 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 and in that last well in, in, in a defense of you, you saying you give us props for it it's actually the actual song is playing in our ears yeah yeah okay so, it's easier to jump back in if you mess song. up as well you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but even so I mean you know like like Ben said, uh, my other band's recording an album right now, and I had never really messed with click tracks before. And, and every time we recorded, we just recorded, you know, to like the drummer and to mm -hmm. the feel and whatever. Um, but uh, have you uh, found it difficult? One, yeah, one of the guys in the band, the guy that really writes most of the stuff, um, he uh, he was pretty adamant about wanting the click track and wanting everything, you know, just you know, timed a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, it, it took me some getting used to to play it to the crypto. Right. I mean, I just would derail without even thinking about it. And it's like, and I have good timing. I do. I yeah. mean, but it's just for some reason with the click track. And I think what was happening was the drummer and the click track weren't always like perfectly synced. And I'd find myself following one and not the other. You, you know, you know yeah. what? You know yeah. what? Someone um, said to me recently, and I think it's a, a good bit of advice. Um, it's you, you want to be playing. You want to be playing with the click track, or I suppose the to it. Yeah. Like you want to play it as if it's someone playing the clavier, like it's as if it's an instrument, another right. instrument. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, because yeah. if you think too much about nick, 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 you want yeah. to think about it more <laughs> yeah. of being something yeah. like just playing. Well, it, you know, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'll tell you straight up: if you just put the click in my ear and you ask me to play through the entire song and and it's going to be perfect. Hell no. Right. Because I'll start overthinking it. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I on one right now? Or yeah, am I on four yeah. right now? You know right. what I'm saying? So that that's what will happen for me. But just to give you an example for the reason why, because I'm a firm believer and I want the live sound to be pretty damn close to what the recording sure. sounds like. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And we do trigger a lot. Like in the beginning, for, forgiveness, to give you the best example, it just felt better for me for the break where the effects are going off like rockets in the very beginning of it to where it would come in on the eighth count. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It just felt better, you know what I'm saying, yeah. when, I, when I was listening to it. So if we didn't have that, that would be incredibly hard to, yeah, to right. pull off live, you know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? Okay, so, yeah, yeah. And before so, we change it to eight, didn't we have like 17 counts on there? Like well, was, <laughs> yeah, well, because basically what I had to do is because the actual quarters. click track is, is double the speed. Right. So we were like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So we fucked that up there. live. <laughs> we fucked that up live. I think three times before. I was like, dude, this takes three seconds. Let's change it to eight. And yeah. then we finally did it, and we haven't fucked so it up I, since. I made sixteen cuts in it and just dragged it back. Now it's it's an actual eight count. Right? Yeah, there you go. Easy. And being I'm the oldest one in the band, I'm the last holdout for the inners, right, the right, and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. he makes I'm the me bass count into everything. Yeah, I'm the bass player. He's my click track. Sure. You know what I mean? No, and, a, and a damn good, you know, a damn good click track he is. We so. just started using it in his, and um, I, 
I want to say we've done, you know, like sort of a, just under 10 gigs with them now. And I have to tell you, as someone who was a staunch don't want to use them, don't want to use them, don't want to use them, I'm, I, now I'm like, you know what, I... I God damn it, I like him. Yeah, once you, <laughs> once, you, once you do it over and over again, now you don't want to play without it anymore. Yeah, you know exactly. Know what I'm yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm probably the oldest one sitting at this whole table. So. Yeah, that's... you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the ears, it's the mileage. <laughs> hey, um, listen, why don't we um, take a listen to one of your tunes right now? All right, All right. Very cool, cool, man. Appreciate it. Wicked. This first song is called Forgiveness. Thank you. 
561 Music is sponsored by Jupiter Inlet Boat Rentals. Jupiter Inlet Boat Rentals and Boat Club is Palm Beach County's premier boat rental company and boat rental club. They've been in continuous operation since the year 2000 on the beautiful waters of Jupiter Inlet. It is the affordable alternative to boat ownership. Their membership club ranks number one in both quality, availability and customer satisfaction. You'll choose from their fleet of boats consisting of deck boats, dual consoles and centre consoles. Rent offshore fishing boats, deluxe cruising boats and plush deck boats, all powered by four-stroke outboard engines. Their vessels are fully equipped for your safety and comfort with styles suitable for ocean and intracoastal use. They are located just two minutes away from the mouth of Jupiter Inlet, which means fast access and the most beautiful stretch of the intracoastal. In fact, no other boat company can match their ideal location. Fishermen will be thrilled to note that sports fishing starts just a quarter mile offshore and the warm Gulf Stream is a mere three miles from the shore. The address is 1095 North A1A, Jupiter, Florida 33477. And you can find it at jupiterinletboatrentals.com. The telephone is 561-741-1212. In their efforts to make boating affordable, they offer rental discount membership programs that do not require a large investment up front. You pay a little to join and pay as you go. Other boat rental clubs take all your money up front, charge a monthly maintenance fee and hope you never show up. At Jupiter Inlet Boat Club, plans start at 700 to join and each time you take out a boat, daily fees start at just 249 plus fuel. There are no monthly fees. If you have heard of the boat club from 561 Music, please let them know when you call or go there to book a boat and the friendly staff will take that into account and take care of you. We are also sponsored by Oasis Route. Now, Oasis Route Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road, and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water, and it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where, you know, that brings people together. Um, you will take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. Uh, it just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of carver bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam. Or baby foot, as they call it in France. And... Uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there, all sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, 
but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, we've run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really the main focus is on the, on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, we are also a studio, a live stream venue, and can, we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, But outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK. And we have full audio visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. All right, so we were just listening to um, an ad for Live Music Community, which is where we're sitting right now. Um, it's my uh, place of work, and I'm very fond of this place. Um, and it, it, you know, it's primarily a, a music school. So um, do you have any advice for upcoming musicians? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> realistically, just... Uh the name of the game is he who holds the axe the longest wins so like really just practice and be diligent about what you do and be passionate about what you do um you know a lot of the success is gonna come from just doing it over and over and over again Mm -hmm. uh but at the end of the day if you fail don't don't give up man you just got to keep going because the, the minute that you give up is the minute right before you made it. So that's yeah, that's yeah. the way I look at it for sure. No, I agree with that. This guy, um, Ace from this band, Skunk and Anzi, this English band, they, they, and they were very successful in the UK and, and kind of successful over here too. That's what he, he, you know, always said to me, you know, it was like, you know, when I asked him if he got any sort of advice or whatever, he's just like, stick at it, stick at it. And when, when, when you've been sticking at it, stick at it some more, you know. Yeah, that's what for sure. About. You just got to keep persevering through it man because you're gonna have ups you're gonna have downs you're gonna have probably more ups uh, more downs than ups rather but uh you know the ups will definitely outweigh the downs big time if you just yeah. continue going dude 100%. yeah totally what about you scott yeah honestly i'd say the same thing um you know i'm a big comedy fan as well you know comedians they go into clubs they get up there every single night they tell the same jokes over and over again until they you know until they polish the joke and they're getting the laughs they want I think it's the same thing, and it's like guys who are in the gym, like they're successful because they go on the days even when they're tired. Like it's the same yeah. thing. I know that every Tuesday, no matter how I'm feeling, I'm going to have to get my ass up and go to practice right out of work. I'm going to be up at 7, and I'm going to get home at 10 o'clock at night, but that's that's just what it takes. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. absolutely. You got any sure. advice over there, Walt? To starting musicians? Yeah. Don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just Don't kidding. Don't be a bass player. I, I'm going to no, no. I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to just be what um, Des just said about um, persevering and, yeah. and really sticking to it. Tenacity, you know, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and don't get a big head. Yeah, please. That's and network Always. like a son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you see, that's... you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, because yeah, really. that that's easier said than done these days. But back in our day, there was no internet. 
Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. We yeah. put up posters. Remember yeah, those? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, you'd walk into Guitar Center and you'd walk into the back area and they had the 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 cork board and yeah. there, was, there was an ad and there was like an ad for a drummer and an ad for a guitarist With and little a singer labels that and then thirty seven yeah. ads for a bass player. Yeah. Right. What there was always thirty seven ads for a bass player. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why we were so hard to come by. I was dying to play in a band. <laughs> no, I did that once with the little ripoff things, yeah. and I I had about twelve little ripoff things. This is bass player in need of a gig. And the next day I went there and they were all gone. Huh? All the ripoffs were gone. I was like, oh, Did anyone okay. call here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got you. a lot of phone calls, but a lot of them were like, yeah, we're some deathcore judge banded. But and I'm like, nah, never mind. Uh, that's <laughs> the thing. I used to post like uh, like uh, you know, band mix or Craigslist or stuff like that yeah. or whatever. And, um, you know, as soon as I would post something saying, you know, I'm a bass player looking for, for a band, whether it was a cover band, original band, whatever, man, I got so many responses. Like, I don't know why... I know a lot of bass players. That's the thing. I know a lot of bass players. So to me, I don't feel like there's this like scarcity of bass players, but it always feels like there is. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I could say because the thing is how I actually met these guys. They were down in Pompano, you know, which is far away from these guys. Sure. Just you know a jam I mean? night. Yeah, at a jam night. And all of a sudden, these guys are getting up and they're playing. And the first time they played, they had a bass player. And I'm thinking, wow, these guys are awesome. Second time these guys come, their bass player didn't come. So I went up to him, and I was speaking to him, and I says, you want me to play bass for you? He says, yeah. I says, what are you guys tuned to? And he's like, C. And I'm like, oh, boy, all the way down to C. But I play a five-string, so I'm like, you know, I don't know any of their stuff, but I'm sitting there playing. He's on the first fret there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going stuff like that, and that was my first gig, actually, with these guys. I don't even know any of the songs. Oh, that's awesome. And then I kept in touch with him for a few months after that, and... uh, then our bass player was just hit me up one day, the one that we had at the time, and he was just like, yeah, going forward, I'm not going to be able to be in a band anymore. I have no fucking idea why, but, uh, you know, things were just starting to happen. But, uh, you know, I respected his decision, so I called him up, and I'm like, uh, hey, man, you still want to, you know, play in a band? He's like, let me think about it for a half a fucking second. Yes, let's go. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He was waiting for that day. I was waiting for that. He says, your dream is about to come true. I says, I'm getting a date with Drew Barrymore? He goes, no, the other one. <laughs> See, you don't know why your bass player left, right? But if there's an under, there's an underlying story there. It was like, I mean, he was talking about guns earlier, so I'm just saying yeah. there's, probably, there's probably some weird threatening thing, and then I mean, your he, bass player is like, I can't play with you anymore. I can't tell you why, but I can't play with you anymore. And then suddenly, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's suspect. Apparently, I run a pretty tight ship, so maybe, maybe he just couldn't take the heat. He just got married too. The Yoko situation. Well, that's, I mean, my first wife is a convicted felon from Jersey. Oh, so, <laughs> no, seriously. But she's a mother of my two kids. We found out we made good friends with a better enemy. I don't want to tell anybody that, bro. You know, <laughs> not tell anybody. She don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't. That's spectacular. So, um, oh, wait, we didn't ask them. Uh, we always ask uh, our guests, do you practice? Oh, yeah. Do you, do you still practice? Like um, your own instrument at, at home? Yeah, by I mean, as a, ba- as a yeah. band, I assume you do, but, yeah, in, but individually, sure. do you practice? Um, I am good to pick up my guitar at least for a few hours a week, for sure, 100%. I mean, like, for me, like, it's just like a full time fucking job on top of my full time job. So, like, sure. as far as, like, if I'm not recording, um, at band practice. If I'm not at band practice, I'm at a gig. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm good for at least three or four hours a week. I would say playing my own instrument, awesome. just you know, generate new songs or, or whatnot, or yeah. freshening up on old stuff. So, 
Uh, honestly, I really don't. You know, Tuesdays is when we have practice. That's when I mostly get my reps in. But at one point, I did buy an electric drum set to keep in my apartment because I can't really play acoustic drums in there. Sure. <laughs> and I just didn't like the feel of it. I didn't like the tones I was getting out of it. I just didn't like how low to the ground it was. Right, and yeah. I felt like, if anything, it was going to fuck up my like muscle memory of playing on my big kit. Yeah. So I kind of just tell myself, like, oh, I know I what would... you mean by that. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have an electric drum kit that... Um, that I got a, um, we do this event over here called Give and Let Give and um, someone was giving one away I, and I think I'm going to bring it back to the next one because it's not the same it's not no. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you my son's a drummer and um, same same exact thing like he, he just you know it wasn't that he couldn't play the drums in the house because I don't give a shit but it was more of a you know, he'd come back from a gig. He didn't want to set the drums back up again. He only has the one kit. He doesn't have, like, a show kit and a practice kit, you know, so he's mm-hmm. got the one we kit. Know, we know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, he yeah. just didn't want to set it up and then tear it down and set it up and tear it down and set it up. So eventually, so he wasn't practicing at all. It was just, just a band practice like that. And then um, eventually he got the electric kit, and he had the exact same complaint. He's like, after about three or four times at band practice, he'd just take the, the electric kit real quick and whatever. And he's like, Dad, I just, I, I don't. I don't like how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, that visceral, you know, hitting yeah. things. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's just not the same at, yeah. at all. I mean, he'll play it, but I think he plays it more because it's got like you know some funky sounds and things that he yeah, can exactly. assign to the pads right. or whatever. He has fun with it. That they are, way. they are fun. Yeah, you yeah. can mess around, make yeah. some cool things happen. But yeah. overall, I'm just practicing at practice. You know? Yeah, I mean, the day will come where I have a house and you know my own little studio where I could do that. But for now. I haven't been practicing much, but it works out. Yeah. With the band I'm, I've uh, joined on drums, I think I'm going to uh, include like maybe one a, another kick for to trigger some weird stuff. You know, yeah. just have like the electric kick pedal there and have a few options and yeah. just just have some lasers and weird stuff like a trigger. You know, it'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, just think about you know the drummer from Def Leppard. What's his name again? Oh, I can't remember. He's only got one arm, though, isn't he? Yeah. He's only got one arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, know. you know, when, when he lost his arm, you're talking about, he was talking about persevering before. He lost one arm. He's going to still play drums. Yeah. So he has a bass drum, and he does a snare with his, his yeah. left foot. Sounds like kill bass. And, and And the thing is, you know, when they were asking him about, you know, what's going to happen, he goes, I just got this drum set. It's a, this setup, so somebody made it for him and stuff like that. I, I do the bass drum. With my right foot, I do the snare drum with my left foot, and he does the rest of the drums with his arm, his one arm. But the thing is, he actually, he persevered like that. Yeah. So when he was talking about persevering, yeah. Yeah, you you and they were. I think they were pretty much already mega famous at that point. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Too, right? I've absolutely. watched some live stuff of him. It doesn't seem like it's the same, but the fact that he still gave the attempt and still plays does stadium tours is very yeah. admirable. I'll tell you, yeah, it's, fun. it's funny. My son just had a show. Uh, I don't know, like two weeks ago, or whatever, and and it happened to be early enough. He that lost I, his arm. That I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, he didn't lose his arm, but it was funny because I, I I made a comment, a, a Def Leppard comment to my wife as we were watching him play. At some point while he was playing, you know, he's he's doing the kick and he's you know he's got he sets down his left drumstick. Picks up a glass of water and he's drinking the water while he's playing the drums and he's uh, like and he's hitting everything and it sounds just like the song normally sounds. He's hitting everything. What a G. And I mean they play like punk rock and stuff and he's hitting all this stuff or whatever. And I, I look at my wife and I'm like, well, I mean it's kind of like Def Leppard. I guess I guess it's good to know if he ever loses his arm because he'll drum. Like that's just, just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that's what about you, Womp? Do you uh, practice? Uh, I he was talking about two three hours a week. I probably practice about two three hours a day. 
Nice. Wow, that's awesome. You know, like these guys, you know, they might have day jobs and stuff, but I own my own web design company, and my office is literally 10 feet from my bed. So yeah. what, are you, what are you playing when you practice? Are you doing, like, um, exercises, or are you playing the songs? No, actually, most of the stuff is, you know, a moment of violence stuff. I mean, it's, it's not as easy as ACDC, but it is intricate. Right. You know what I mean? The stuff he writes is pretty intricate and stuff like that. And I found that with my five-string bass and they tuned down the C, I literally had to take my whole bass and tune it up half a step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so B, I was going to ask F, you whether you did that or yeah. not. Because mm-hmm. you're not on fret one there. You actually tune the whole thing up, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I, I tune my entire bass one whole step. Well, your low up. string is a C, right? Yeah. O- open Lows, C. Yeah, because it's a And everything else string. is a full step higher? No, than? half a step higher. Oh, okay. The whole bass is half a step higher. Yeah, so it would be like C, F, B flat, and E flat. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I would have done, I think. That yeah, makes sense. That's, you know. Or or you just get a four-string bass and tune it just <laughs> like my guitar, and this way you can watch play, watch me play whatever I'm playing and play it the exact same way. It's no fun in that. What kind of bass do you Can't play? teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> wow, another age joke. I'm the oldest one, so I get that a lot. Yeah, what kind of um, bass is it, man? My, uh, all right, would you stop it? <laughs> the, um, the bass I play with these guys is a David Ellison Jackson. Nice. Cool. Uh, Five string bass in. Because I, he, he doesn't like name dropping, but David Elson is actually a good friend of mine, right. the co-founder, and um, was a member off and on of Megadeth. Yeah, cool. And David, um, I do a lot of his websites for him. Okay, so stuff like that. But um, neat. I, I like Jackson guitars. I have I have a guitar, a Jackson guitar. I really like it. It's probably right now. It's my favorite guitar that I have. All right. Oh, no. Yeah, cool. I'll tell you. Uh, when I first started playing, obviously that's what Megadeth played, so I ended up buying Jackson, 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 Jackson. Then, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, I switched to ESP. Right. Now, I got my first Ibanez a couple of years ago, and I'll never change guitars never ever back. again. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to get amazing. one, I have to I love admit. It. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, well, which like, one do you, you have? That, um, I don't even know the fucking model. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. And, and it's like I've got expensive guitars. That guitar I paid 350 bucks for, and oh, it man. plays the smoothest out of any guitar yeah. I've ever had. Like Scott's, a, you know, somewhat of a guitar player too himself, and like playing on that compared to like anything else, well, it's, it's great, like super, yeah. super smooth. I've heard right? that from a few people yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just gotta ma- find out what works for you. you know? Yeah, it's not, it's exactly. The price, yeah. right? No, exactly. Absolutely. That's it. Exactly. Like my sec- my second favorite bass is a Squire, right? Yeah, and um, it's a Squire five string jazz bass. And the first thing I did is I took the pickup pickups out and I got Seymour Duncan quarter pounders. Yeah, and I took the bridge off and I got a hip shot high net high mass bridge. And I'll put that bass up to any American made Fender. Yeah, any two thousand dollar Fender. Yeah. Like that, and the, the bass between the bass and the pickups and whatnot, I think it was like four hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, really, the only diff, you know, the, if, if, the only difference is maybe hardware quality, but just where it was built. I mean, that's yeah. pretty much it. What about mm-hmm. the wood and the neck, though? Too yeah. sometimes, you know, that's, that's true. a little you can bit get different. A dodgy but, wood, yeah. but I don't know. For some reason, it's it's a regular neck on my Ibanez, and that thing is just smooth as anything, bro. I just I yeah, love it. Whatever makes that's you it. feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, and um. I had a Mexican Strat 
back in the day before my uh, that was my first brother guitar. sold it. Um, <laughs> we, we won't get into that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, uh, and that was I just loved that thing. It was just you know sometimes you get good ones. You know, I feel like I feel you know what it is is quality control in in the flagship stuff is usually better. So you can, you might get like a terrible squire, but then you get like a really good one sometimes. Right. Yeah, you know, it, you, sure. you know, sometimes you get lucky like I did. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, what drums are you playing on? I play on a Pearl Export right now. It's like the Joey Jordison series. Okay. It's definitely on a budget type drum set, but I make it work for me. Um, I use G2 coated Evans around my kit. Yeah. Um, and I use A Custom Zildjian cymbals. Cool. And a Wuhan China. I swear by Wuhan Chinas. They're the cheapest made ones, but they sound better than any other China I've ever used. So if that thing breaks, I'll get a new one. It'll cost <laughs> maybe $80. Yeah, you, nice. you could spend two two seventy five on a, on a Zildjian China. It sounds like dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wuhan, China. I bought it during the pandemic. I forgot, to say, we're spo- we're sp- <laughs> forgot to say we're sponsored by Zildjian, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know Wuhan was names of symbols. I've got to look them up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a clan. I have a Wuhan splash as well. Yeah, definitely check it out. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, yeah. So uh, I guess the, the next thing really is um, to ask you guys, uh, what have you got coming up? Nope, nope. Nope, you're jumping ahead. What's next? Ah, oh, man, I got to keep you on track. <laughs> we got to talk about their video. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's we got sidetracked video. with everything else we were talking about. So the video <laughs> is a live clip from Pipers mm-hmm. uh, when we played there last time. Um, so I, I keep in touch with the the owner of Pipers, and he's you know he's really rooting for the band and stuff like that. So like when he gets a national act to come through there that doesn't have a supporting opening band or whatnot, he always hits me up and he's like, "Hey man, you want to play with this?" So oh, that's awesome. So yeah. um, so we had a, a band from Texas that was a Godsmack tribute. Whiskey Hangover was the name of their band, right. and uh, he's like, "Yeah, they don't have an opener. You guys want to come do it?" So we went down there and we we played that show, and I thought we executed the shit out of that show too, um, you know. But that that's uh, again, that's uh, forgiveness is the song that's played in there, and um, you know, it was just it was a really fun time. It's a yeah. really good crowd, and. Uh, you know, we fucking killed it, in my opinion. So, nice. yeah, excellent. Where, where is Pipers now? Pompano Beach. Pompano Beach. Okay, yeah. yeah, cool. Um, what's that song about? <laughs> Funny story. Um, you know what? I'm gonna tell you that when I wrote that song, I kind of wanted to have the listener tell me what the song was about. But realistically, uh, it's kind of like trying to give your give a relationship a shot you know and you really just tried and you know you maybe fucked up a lot and you just got to ask for forgiveness because right yeah you know but i mean you could really take it a, a bunch of different ways but it's more more or less well, like I think hey, a, a good songs have that ambiguity to where you know you, you can you can have it relate to something that you might be going through you know? yeah for sure and yeah. I, again a fun fact i wrote that song probably 10 years ago um, and at the time, I was probably in a shit relationship or whatever the case was. But, uh, you know, so it's really it's, – it's like trying to persevere and make it a, a shitty relationship kind of work. And, you know, you keep at it. You may, Obviously, you make mistakes. you got to ask for forgiveness for it. And, uh, right. you know, uh, another fun fact is my wife currently, she kind of says, like, you know, at the end of it, if you listen to the words, it's like where Alex is screaming. He says, uh, God, forgive me for all I've done. And I'm like, and I asked my wife, I said, well, what do you think that's about? And she's like, he killed the bitch. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 
I guess you could take it that way. Either that, or he's referring to. OJ Simpson's gonna love that song. He's referring to a significant other as God. That's another way. Yeah, true. We're not a Christian band by any means. But ultimately, you know, it's just you know, it's just. About a life experience. Uh, all of all yeah. the songs I've written are life experiences, but more than likely from my past life, you know. But um, that, that's really it. But a lot of times when I'm writing lyrics and stuff like that, it's either going to be clear cut as to what I'm talking about, or it's going to be you tell me what you think it means yeah. to you. You yeah. know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, that's it's funny. We get a lot of uh, we get a lot of bands that come through here, and and you know, same thing. They talk about how. They, they pull their lyrics and their songs from life experiences and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, I've been married for 26 years, and every song I write about is a breakup song. So I don't know if it's wishful thinking <laughs> <laughs> what the deal he is. He fantasizes about having a bad relationship, I and he doesn't do, even have one. And I don't have one. It, piss, <laughs> it pisses me off. So <laughs> because he's a musician, and every other musician has shit relationships at one point. so good to me. It pisses me off. He's just going to be like, hun, it's not, it's it's bad press. For right, if I, if right, I right. right. I mean, I, you know, sometimes like, you know, I just wake up, and I'm like, could you just be shitty to me today? please <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have um sometimes i i feel like just sort of constructing a song that's that that's about like a love relationship but i don't know i, I know that somewhere deep inside even if christy knew i was just making it up off the top of my head she would think i wasn't you know so i kind of stay clear from that i haven't i've I, apart from so every now and again i'll write a song about christy but most of the time i write about other stuff you know just try and keep it the last album had a lot of stuff about um recovery on it but um, christy's uh, right. christy's ben's wife yeah. And, and my and my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are a throuple. Love you, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the the ex bassist from Killbillies is calling me right now on my phone. Ah, <laughs> oh, he just hung up. I was going to uh, answer yeah. live live on the, on the yeah. show. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. Yeah. So what you guys got coming up? Uh, we got a lot of things in store. Like I said, you know, um, really just trying to record a lot of a lot of music and stuff like that. Um, Nothing I can specifically say, but I will say that um, keep your eyes on us for sure because we're going to have some good fucking news coming up soon. Excellent. And um, we're just going to be recording a shitload of music and the songs are going to be fucking killer. That's really it, right? Yeah, and I'd say to follow us on Instagram at uh, A Moment of Violence Band. Such a cool name. I love Thank that. you. I, yeah, made yeah, up. Yeah. I made it up. You did. Oh, you <laughs> did. That's badass. I, that was yeah. me. I was. I was literally watching like a baseball game or something, and I heard them said a moment of silence for something, and I was just like, a moment, moment of fire. So, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. funny story. I, um, you know, earlier this week, I was you know prepping for the show and stuff, and I, I got on Spotify and I a moment of silence, and I'm listening to the band going. I, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think this is them. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized it was a moment of violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That threw me off a little bit as well. Yeah, I looked yeah, at yeah. the thing because um, Hector booked this one and I yeah. looked it's, at the thing and I was looking for this band that just wasn't even, it yeah. didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's really just a play on words, but yeah, you know, he, again, Scott came up with it and I was just like, it's a good well, at first he, he pitched it to me as, hey, what do you think about this as an idea for like a song or an EP or something? I'm like, dude. I fucking like that for the name of the band, man. Let's yeah, run with it, go. you know. So no, I killed it so. with that one. Yeah, so. yeah. absolutely. So uh, what we've got coming up is Kilted Mermaid on Friday, and hopefully um, some new heads from uh, yeah. Luna Fest are going to come swing by. Yeah. 
Kilton Mermaid's always good anyway, so I'm not worried about it. It's always fun there, man. Yeah, yeah. It's It's funny because, you know, you were saying about, um, uh, like, the Treasure Coast, you know, wants sort of, like, acoustic type things and stuff like that. Even though we play quite a lot of our own songs, we can can do them, you know, because we we kind of, like, cheated the game a little bit there. Yeah, you, know? you guys would kill it up there for yeah, sure. Yeah, we do, yeah. We do a lot yeah. of gigs We do up a there, lot right? of gigs, you know, from Vero to Poor St. Lucie to... to yeah. Yeah, yeah, so sometimes I think we have a little bit of a skewed understanding of how much there is to do down here because because we can kind of we can do those places, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if we're, you know, we're not standing there and and just playing cheesy covers the whole time, we're still enough of that kind of thing where we can squeeze yeah. it past. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cubillys are like in this weird in this weird space where we can we can play something like a Lunafest and play an original set for forty five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Or we can play four hours at a bar and play you know all sorts of covers and you know, yeah. slip in our originals here. Mm-hmm. And there. I was mm-hmm. speaking to someone though the other day. Um, and it, you know, it made me think, like, because I was talking about this tour we're going to go on in October, and I, and I was saying that you know we wanted to, to it's important for us to not. I, I like the fact that we ride the line between the two, but it's very easy to just kind of relax back into the into this we're a bar band side of it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's important to we we have to make a conscious effort to be pushed into the other side of that line. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Because otherwise, it's, you know, it's easy to get lazy, mm-hmm. for sure. That's mm-hmm. a good name, too, by the way. Great Kill name. Billies. Like oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so really... I'll tell you how we came up with that. We, uh, um, Micah, was, um, who was the, um, one of the original members, um, he liked the idea of a goat being the logo and it being called King Billy. And, um, <laughs> and then both me and... Um, the other original member, Keith, who sadly now has passed on, born out for Keith, um, he, uh, he and I literally almost at the same time both went, Kilbillies! And then that was that. <laughs> yeah. oh, awesome. We said it like in unison. It was crazy. Um, yeah, so uh, we're playing um, Long Live the Scene in Boca, aren't we? On, on, um, Saturday. on Saturday. Saturday. We play at four. Um, and that uh, that should be cool. That's uh, so Ricky Balouf, um, who is a very good friend of the podcast and personal friend, and uh, we've been making music with him these days. Yeah. He he is a uh, he's put put he he has this whole kind of initiative, Long Live the Scene, which is like a website and it has blogs on it and stuff, yeah. and it also um, organizes gigs and is kind of like a bit of a record label too it's, it's got multiple arms and it's just based it's the same idea as this podcast it's just promoting local music trying to get local music yeah. out there cool. it's doing a great job of it and um and actually you know ricky would w- want to know about you guys so hopefully he'll you know, listen to i'm sure he will listen to this episode he listens, uh, to, all I, of he re- listens to every single episode like cool. i'll re- i'll release this at midnight on thursday and at 7 a.m ricky's blowing up my phone yeah, <laughs> yeah. 7 a.m friday going oh uh what about this what about like asking questions about the band or you know like whatever yeah, yeah so he, totally. he definitely will listen yeah so <laughs> anyway because sure. you know he's the, he's the kind of person that would helpful for get, you know getting gigs around here yeah. so cool. yeah man um, and then we're playing Das, which used to be called Das Beer Garden in Jupiter on Saturday um, night from cool. 7 to 10. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I think, is that it? Um, yeah, anything, that's it. Do you have anything on Sunday? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to a thing called Ninja Warrior with my brother-in-law. What which the is, hell is Ninja Warrior? I think some kind of obstacle course. 
Was it like a, TG, a TV show? Yeah, yeah it is. Show. Yeah, but yeah. It's, right. we're not going to watch the TV show. We're we're going to a place where you get to kind of like be one a bit. It's uh, like a kids thing, I think. Oh, I'm you're going to actually so. do it? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! I want to be a fly on the wall. For this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take lots of pictures of me looking. Take video, bitch! Don't take pictures. I want to see you doing this, puffing yeah. and puffing, and trying to hang off for dear life. I know. Really. You find out it's actually the TV show, and he's doing the swing. Oh shit! What the hell? I get winded if I try and change a he's light bulb. Audition. I'm going to struggle. He ends up winning the damn thing. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah. So that's what's going on this weekend, and um, hopefully, you will see you out at some of these gigs. Um, do you have any gigs lined? Um, we've got a couple things in the works right now. We just finished a, a really big stretch over the last couple of months. We did like uh, we had we had one one stretch where it was like seven weekends in a row or gotcha, something like gotcha. that. You know, so uh, right now I think the the plan really is just to focus on just putting out some more tracks and stuff like that as well. Cool. Uh, but I do have some stuff in the mix right now, and obviously when it's uh, solidified, I'll I'll announce some stuff. Like nice, this as well. nice, yeah. nice, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason we have to go and record stuff, and that's all I'm saying about that. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're going on tour with Megadeth. They're just not saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, thanks so much for coming. You guys totally. are really yeah, appreciate you. Cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thanks thank you, guys. Very much. Appreciate yeah, you, man. Thank, thank you. And um, all right, I guess that's it. We'll, um, you know, it, please like and subscribe. We talked about it earlier, Absolutely. but it doesn't hurt to talk about that as At much five, as possible. Five six one music podcast on mm-hmm. all the socials like subscribe uh 561music.com um there's a tab for pretty much anything you need whether you want to see past episodes um submit your own band um if you want to um whatever you know <laughs> yeah support the show um yeah, sponsor sure. the show uh, every everything's on there so yeah call yeah. the hotline and send us funny messages yes the hotline are you guys are coming out with new underwear? What's up with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those ones where... No, I'm not going to go. <laughs> and on that note... Peace Rain out, world. guys. <laughs>